Hey guys, I just want to forewarn you that today's episode is a little scratchy. Um, it's one of my first episodes that I've ever recorded, and I just want to say thank you so much for visiting this, but unfortunately the recording is a little scratchy. It's still a very super rich conversation that I think you'll enjoy, but just a forewarning and trying to be authentic with you guys, telling you exactly what you're going to get. So, enjoy! Absolutely. I mean, it caused a lot of mental, emotional, physical issues, as well as basically drove me to attempt to commit suicide because the beliefs and the values of actually uh, um, that are embedded from a very young age, you tend to live by those. And little we understand how those really affect our mental health, our emotional health, the way we feel and the way we express ourselves. But being brought up in a society which is very closed-minded and uh, very conservative, if your body feels something different, which in my case did, it is very difficult to be able to express at that very young age that you are different. Welcome to Scratch Your Own Itch Podcast, the show about the things we think about but don't ever talk about. My name is Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host, These conversations are about creating a life worth living. With a focus on sharing stories about battles in our heads, topics range from depression, addiction, self-doubt, past traumas, and everyday compulsive thinking. And my hope is that this show will just shed some light on anyone in the dark that feels like they're alone in their daily struggles. Please take note that this show is not meant to be a replacement for professional diagnosis or professional therapy. I... And not a counselor or a therapist. Hey guys, so I have with me a true superhero. The man is an absolute game changer for anyone dealing with struggle in their life. His name is Tony Salimi. Tony is acknowledged as a worldwide speaker. He's a lifelong love for human behavior, mindful coaching, and has a knack for personal transformations that are unlike anything else out there. Tony is known for his ability to see through people's problems, behaviors, thought patterns, and disempowering beliefs to help them clarify their values, expand their life's vision and mission, and tap into the infinite wisdom of their interstellar existence. But above all, Tony has a story. From being told at one point in his life that he only had three days left to live, and being left homeless in the streets of London, and so, so, so much more. I'm sure we'll get even deeper into his story. He is the coach's coach, and he's here with me today. So thankful that Tony's here with me today. Tony, I'd like to kind of start from the beginning. What was your childhood like? Well, I had both challenging and very amazing childhood. On one hand, I grew up on a farm with uh, very hard-working parents who were restaurateurs and worked extremely hard to educate us. On the other hand, I lived in a society where basically violence was uh, all around me, and especially violence towards women, mental, emotional, physical violence. But also I, I grew up in a society where as an Albanian, you were not treated as an equal, and you are always labeled to be somebody who's not worthy of living and not uh, somebody who's worthy of actually being credible and being somebody who actually you know has a nice position and uh, can work in the state or do some jobs which were considered to be prominent. So it was interesting, from a very young age, I used to see those segregation amongst people from different nationalities and different backgrounds, and I I knew this was wrong. A big part of your life was your mom and the impact that she had on your life, in a good way, correct? Yes. I mean, basically, my both my mom and my dad, especially my mom, had an extreme positive impact. Uh, the reason being, it's sort of back then, when we look back 40 years ago, it was very difficult for women to actually have any form of rights. So my mom was very hardworking and was extremely abused in every single sense. And watching that as a child, it was very, very hurtful. But at the same time, I got inspired. I wanted to do something about it. 
and I've been almost like a, since since I can remember, I've been a protector for women and women's rights. And deep down in my heart, I I knew I didn't really know why yeah, I was doing. You had a hard time with uh, sexuality, and you even had a hard time with disassociating yourself from loving women. And uh, when you went public to be gay, that was that was a hard challenge, correct? Absolutely. I mean, it caused a lot of mental, emotional, physical issues, as well as basically drove me to attempt to commit suicide because the beliefs and the values of actually uh, um, that are embedded from a very young age, you tend to live by those. And little we understand how those really affect our mental health, our emotional health, the way we feel and the way we express ourselves. But being brought up in a society which is very closed-minded and uh, very conservative, if your body feels something different, which in my case did, it is very difficult to be able to express at a very young age that you are different, which then takes you to many different forms, creating many different coping mechanisms, which later on in life can actually be detrimental whether you are healthy or you are ill, or whether you experience any mental health issues or relationship issues. But the journey of actually coming out for me happened much later in my life, which is in my late 30s, because the fear of actually uh, hurting the very same people I love so much was so big that really stopped me from really being authentic to myself and to others, to the point where basically I literally went and um, considered uh, and I attempted suicide from the fear of not being loved and not being accepted by the very same people I loved oh, so much. Thank you for your honesty. I I really appreciate it. It is so tough, I think, for uh, anybody, especially someone like yourself that's in the public eye now, to just be authentic with the way they feel. And to just go down a route where they pretend that they're someone else that they're not. Um, I don't know what's worse, but I, I have to give thanks where thanks are due for just going out there and being you. And um, that's another reason why I brought you on the show today is because you have this way of, um, I, it, one part of your business is you coach people uh, very, very rich people to become the best that they can become. And um, you've even seen time and time again these rich people that have uh, the paradox of success. Um, but they're still unhappy. Why do you believe that is? Well, one other thing is, first of all, it does not matter whether you're rich or poor, whether you're successful or not successful. Your body your internal mechanism and your internal alarm will tell you when things are not right and aligned to who you truly are. And we live in an extremely complex and um, world where basically we are driven by the what the outside expectations are of us. Now, the more successful you become, the more those expectations become bigger and bigger and the more they can impact your mental, physical and emotional health. Now, majority of the uh, wealthy people that I serve, um, their challenges are different. But I always say to people, it's when it comes to like having a, let's say, a health challenge, when health hits you from inside, the internal wisdom of the body does not see you as wealthy or poor. Internal wisdom of the body is just alarming you to do something about it. So being health, wealthy or, or poor, it does not really matter. What matters is how do we listen to our thoughts and how do we address the behaviors and the emotions that our body is trying to communicate to us? Are we truly listening to the internal wisdom that the body has or are we driven by some form of outside injected values or expectations of what the society or people we love or people we work for expect of us to behave and be? And this is where the problem happens because majority of people spend their time thinking of what the external world thinks of them rather, rather than what the internal world is speaking to them.
That is huge. That is huge. What's your opinion on uh, people that have these businesses where they work all day alone in isolation? And uh, do you believe that they can often form a depression for themselves, whether or not they know it right now? Yes, I mean, it's basically, um, I cannot speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself and I can speak for the people that I serve. Now, there's more um, um, likely that a person can enter into depression when they actually have uh, unrealistic expectations of what they do in their life. For instance, if you have an expectation to be a millionaire, but you're not really doing what it needs, uh, what you need to do to actually become a millionaire, those falsified expectations of the cells will lead to a depression. If you have a, a expectation of having a relationship uh, that other, the other person does not want to have a relationship with you, those falsified expectations can lead to depression. But if you are also a loner and you work on your own and you're not very good with people and you label yourself as introvert or you know other labels, then those can actually have have a massive effect on your well-being. So de- depend depression for me is something that is very individual, and each person experiences depression in different forms. Yeah, I so agree with that. Um, there's a stigma, I think, that people believe that people that are depressed are just sad and down, and um, you know they just are crying all the time. But I, 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 I want to hear more about your story with depression. Um, when you were at your lowest of the lows, uh, what was happening in your life? Well, and could you kind of paint that picture for us? Yeah, sure. I mean, I would love for the listeners to imagine being a 18 years old boy who is extremely driven and he's at university and suddenly the, uh, the army comes in and literally takes you from your school banks straight into the army and train you to be a killer. And I would like them to imagine being a front line where, you know, everybody's shooting, nobody's knowing who's shooting. And I would like them to imagine what it feels like as a 19 years old kid who literally just changed reality from being at university to being at the forefront of a civil war, uh, potentially fighting their own parents, their own brothers, their own sisters, and the country they grew up to believe it was, you know, the country where you had everything so suddenly everything you believed um was true it became false so you can imagine when you are at that lowest when you have guns and snipers consistently shooting people and you're seeing people dropping in front of your eyes uh like pears when they drop off their tree so you know when you're at that point of life when you don't know whether you're going to have another breath or not the truth is you don't really have time to feel depressed about your life uh you're Um, a survival mechanism kicks in and your entire being can interact with that environment in many different forms now depend how how trained you are and depend what values you have and what beliefs you have it what makes uh, I would say break or make what makes you know you survive or you die so I think in those extreme circumstances you have uh, a barrage of emotions that can create all sorts of things within the body. Now, it all depends how prepared you are to listen to those and how prepared you are to act on those in each situation in your lives. So for me, I've been through some really difficult times and each situation in my life brought me new knowledge and new wisdom about who I am and what I'm here to do for humanity. Yeah, the when there's a really odd thing that happens when someone suffers that much is they have to find some sort of salvation through it all. Um, because if they don't, uh, it's sink or swim. And in your case, you swam. And I'm so happy. Thank you so much, Tony, for just helping people and using your darkness to not turn into so much darkness that you decide to quit but to keep going and 
um, I kind of want to get into that. Um, when you're dealing with someone that ha- a client that may have mental illness such as depression, schizophrenia, um, possibly even suicidal thoughts, what is a, a, a first step that you do with them to clarify exactly why they're having these thoughts and then also clarify action steps that they can well, take? Well, first of all, I'll talk about the better. way I handle my clients, my integrated approach. Um, n- number one rule in my okay. business is I do not see people as having mental health issues. Uh, although most people would label them as mental health issues, in my eyes, when my clients come to me, I just see them from curious eyes. And I approach them from almost like childlike curiosity to see what is it that really causes them the, uh, whether it's depression, whether it's suicidal thoughts, or what causes them to be out of their natural state of inner balance. So for me, the language that I use with my clients is very important and also it's very important for them because they don't feel like they come into a therapist, they don't feel like somebody is judging them and they don't feel like, you know, they're there to be fixed. So for me, the first thing that I remove the moment I meet my clients and all those prejudgments that people have when they go and seek help, somebody who can help them. So in the first consultation I have my pe- uh, with anybody who approaches me to work with me privately. It's really to see what is it they want to resolve. Because usually, although depression may be this, uh, um, uh, the symptom, but the underlying issue is totally different. So therefore, I've got the ability to, through powerful questioning, to bring them to their own realization of why the issue has happened in their lives and bring them to the awareness from which they can actually act and make a a next positive step of what needs to change in their lives for them to be able to go back into the natural state of inner balance. Because our body, let's face it, it's this miracle of life, you know. Anything that happens inside of the body, the cure is within the body. So although I love, you know, integrated approach to well-being, but I always bring the awareness back into the body, meaning what is the client not listening to that causes that symptom, that causes that situation, that causes depression, that causes suicidal thoughts. In my case, if I were to just share openly with uh, uh, all the listeners in the world, when I think about it, what caused me to really have suicidal thoughts, one is not accepting of who I am and uh, judging myself and comparing myself with other people outside of my self, basically. So when you have those tremendous societal, family and uh, work-related pressures that people expect you to be somebody you deep down you don't, If you don't have somebody who can walk you through it safely, you end up creating all sorts of issues within the cells that affect your mental well-being, emotional well-being, and the way you think and the way you believe. And if those things are not really cleared, the outcome may end up being attempting suicide because people who tend to attempt suicide, such as myself and many people out there in the world, they don't do it because they love themselves. They do it because there's some form of disconnect from that true energy, true, I would say, life force that runs through us. And usually that disconnect would happen because of the way we think and the way we behave and the kind of values we have been embedded from a very young age. And those values that become the driving force of our life without ever questioning, are they true or are they not? And without ever questioning, are they supporting us in our current journey or are they not? We tend to think like whatever thoughts and beliefs we have about ourselves, we tend to treat them as something which is fixed. We forget that we are actually upgradable beings. We can change our thoughts, we can change our beliefs, we can change our values, and we can actually create the destiny we want to have in our life. Oh, there's... So many amazing things that you just said. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I, I I agree with that so much. First of all, of the it's not someone who loves themselves, and it's someone that's not allowing themselves to just be who they are. Is there an example of uh, maybe in your life where you flip flop that way of thinking, where you were acting like um, the person that you thought everyone wanted you to be? 
versus the person that yes, you really were. Yes, I mean, were. to start with, it's from a very young age. Everybody wanted me to be a heart surgeon. And especially my family, my parents, my, my dad wanted me to be a doctor. But inside of myself, I wanted to be an engineer. <laughs> I wanted to fly airplanes and I wanted to do maths and physics and understand people and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Although today, you know, in a sense, I'm actually known as a doctor love, somebody who heals people's hearts. So in a way, I've actually accomplished what my father wanted of me. But it's not in the form he wanted it. Yes. So, you know, it's, uh, yes, my entire life. Life was about being somebody. I was forced to even um, uh, marry in the local culture knowing that I was gay. And then I had to go through the process of actually separation and divorce and really honoring my true authentic being because I had to go and study with some of the top experts in the world to try to understand whether uh, my sexuality has anything to do with the environment or with my traumas or my relationship with people and everything else until I found out the truth and the truth being that the sex of the baby is um, uh, formed uh, in the womb of the mother. And that was for me a massive revelation because 100% of all the people throughout my life, they kept telling me that uh, to be gay is something that you actually catch and that something is not godly. And on the other hand, when, when you ask people, you know, who created us, God created us. But uh, it seems like God has the ability to choose whether you're gay or straight. Well, you know, if we are all creatures of God and we seem to think so and, and everybody believes so, clearly everything that happens within the body is also godly. Oh, that, is, that is so hard for people that live in that sort of environment for someone to be chastised about being who they really are, especially by a higher power, a supposed God that's telling them that they need to do this or do that. Um, thank you for bringing that topic up. I, I kind of want to go into that a little bit then because we went there. Um, do sometimes people's beliefs in the higher power hold them back? Have you ever seen that before? Well, I mean, I've done studies throughout centuries and for the last 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years, and I've studied different disciplines and different, um, I would say, you know, um, beliefs. And for me, the true religion has some, uh, nothing to do with the beliefs that people within each religion have. And this is where there's a massive, uh, uh, I would say, a charge with a lot of people in the world where basically on one hand they call themselves religious on the other hand they actually fulfill their own uh, prophecy and they speak in the name of uh, power whether it's God whether it's universe whether it's uh, Allah or whether it's uh, Buddha it does not matter when we become extremely ignorant and we use uh, something outside of ourselves as a way to defend our own belief system and our own protective mechanisms and our own ignorance. And for me, true religion and true God is in the person who actually goes within the cells and find the journey within the self to enlighten themselves and to have that true connection with uh, God energy. Now, the moment we judge outwardly, there was nothing godly about any of us. The moment we create those, you know, harm, and we think that other people are less than equal than us. There's nothing godly about us, and this is nothing to do with God's words. It's individuals who actually use God as an excuse to actually inject their own values into other people. That's okay. That's clear. That's clear now. I I know that uh, for a lot of people that have um, dealt with suicidal issues sometimes feel like they're actually turning on God and they feel like they're going to automatically go to a place that's just terrible. Some people call it hell. Some people call it um, chastised, you know, being so chastised that they will never, ever be able to uh, live a life that is filled with happiness and um, therefore, well, uh, let's even be more happy and just um, un unfortunately they take a route that's uh, sort of permanent. And when you were having your suicidal thoughts, um, what was something that always reminded you to keep going and not go down that road and it's not an easy road to think to yourself every single day that 
Yeah, you wish you were dead. <laughs> well, when you have suicidal thoughts, I don't think in those moments, specific moments, you actually think about going forward. In those specific moments, you're actually thinking about ending your life. So what stops many of us and what stops me, it goes beyond me. It's that life force, that energy that lives within us, that soul that knows you are here to do something with your life. Now, unfortunately, there's been a massive increase in suicidal, especially in su suicides in famous people. And for me, it's sort of, you know, like, for instance, uh, last year we lost uh, George Michael and I grew up with George Michael. And, you know, a uh, part of me wished that we somehow our path crossed so I could have helped him. And for me, it was like, how how is it possible? One of the most uh, loved uh, um pop music stars in the world who inspired millions of people ends up being alone on Christmas evening and dying alone. So that really, you know, um, shocked me in a sense that Robin Williams was in a similar situation. So there are so many stars out there who commit suicide or die alone for whatever reasons in loneliness. Yet, to the outside world, they're extremely successful and everybody wants to be around them. But in their inner world, they are lonely. And I think this is the key to actually understand that when you have suicidal thoughts, then there is a reason behind why you do it. In my case was because I did not want to hurt other people. So I chose to hurt myself. And I, I, I honestly believe if you were to sit down with most people who actually do have suicidal thoughts, the only reason they do have them because they have this outside voice that tells them to be something that they're not and tells them to do something they don't want to do and tells them to really live a life that they don't want to live. And their inner knowing knows that this is not congruent with who they are. So therefore, when this outside voice is more loud than the inner wisdom and inner alarm, that's where the suicidal thoughts can come into uh, one's awareness. Because for me personally, it was instead of me going to be upon my parents, people I love, my family, and I literally thought that if I do come out and authentically live my life, that uh, my family would be really impacted in such a severe way that the pain that I would cause on them was bigger than the pain I would cause to myself. And this was what triggered my suicidal thoughts. Hey guys, so just need to do a real quick break and let you guys know the deets on some pretty awesome stuff. That pretty awesome stuff is gift of giving. If you guys just give me a, a, a gift today, it would be leaving a review and just going on your Android device or your iPhone device or whatever device you're listening to this podcast from and leaving a review. I would love if it was positive, but if it's negative and it's honest, please let me know. I'm only trying to make the show better. So thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the show. I hope you guys realize that you are enough and you matter. And I'll probably say that at the end of the show too, because it's true. You are enough and you matter. Wow. Wow. <laughs> There's... So many things that I believe that a lot of people can relate with what you with what you just said. Um, I mean, you wrote a book called Hashtag Loneliness. And in that book, there, there holds your story, first of all, which you've shared a lot about. And uh, secondly, you involved just ways in which people can feel less lonely. And, and you're very right with that. Um, I believe that when I was uh, trying to commit suicide, I, I wasn't doing it because, yeah, exactly that, because I was uh, trying to act out and get attention or anything like that. I did it only because I didn't believe that um, I had anybody to turn to. I felt very alone in my thoughts, and um, you even have a portion in your book in high school uh, that I want to talk about a little bit for those people that are in high school that just feel like they have no one to turn to. What can they do to feel less lonely? Well, it's actually it's a good point that you brought in there because in the hashtag loneliness, I do talk about being bullied at high school. 
And back then, I mean, uh, my sexuality wasn't really out. So living in a suppressed culture, that was the last thing I was thinking about it. Back then for me, it was, was yeah. more about being different, being of a different nationality and different creed, where, uh, being in a, uh, in a school where everyone else was different to me. And instead of having, I would say, um, a conscious way of teaching uh, children, uh, looking back 30 years ago, we did not have all the policies in place we do have now to protect children from being bullied. Now, loneliness in high school, it's a, it's a problem globally, especially in today's world, because now we're in a world of Instagram, social media, in a world where every high school uh, kid has a mobile phone and is connected fully with the internet. So not only you get the energy of segregation within the school, within your classroom, but you also feel segregated with the entire world. So one of the things people, uh, uh, in high school could actually for sure do. It's about, first of all, identifying what is it that causes them to segregate from the children in the school and uh, uh, roommates and classmates and all of the people they surround with themselves. Because there'll be something specific about them that they feel isolated. It could be a thought, it could be a way of living, way of thinking, way of belonging, whatever it may be. There's something that causes that segregation. But usually it's the segregation of the self. And usually it's about trying to find people or seeking help. Because nowadays, most of high schools are equipped with people that you can actually go and seek help with. So if you are somebody out there who is listening to this and feels alone and is at high school, feels different, by all means, first of all, seek help. Also see who other who else is within your environment that you can relate to. And if you feel like there's nobody you can actually open your heart and speak to, um, seek professional help. And it is there for a reason. It is there to help you, to support you, to guide you through that. Makes sense. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No, I, I, I think <laughs> we got some yeah. awesome jingles in the back now. I love it. Um, no, I think the biggest thing that pops out is the relation. The, if you can find someone that you relate with, um, because I think if, if anyone's out there that feels like they're having conversations with someone and they're feeling awkward or they're feeling like, uh, they're just never in the right energy space, that's probably just because the relationships of interest are different. And um, oftentimes, I think if you just find something to talk about with someone that you're interested in, there's no way to fail in a conversation. And um, even if it's just uh, something as little as, you know, talking about, even though it's it, what some people deem as a shallow conversation, how the weather is, maybe you're really into the weather and the weather sort of sometimes does make your mood uh, better or worse. So um, I don't think we need to be rocket scientists to connect with someone. We just need to be someone that's coming from a true place. And um, I know it's sometimes harder done than said, but um, Tony, what is also another thing that you are currently battle, battling with today as a business owner um, that uh, makes you feel pretty depressed and lonely well, and first of all, I don't feel like that. that? <laughs> I would like to separate that. I don't feel depressed only uh, as a business owner because of the amount uh -huh. of work I've done on myself. I have, uh, I have, many and I have my team, and also all the clients that has they become part of the vision to actually inspire, change, and educate the lives of one billion people globally. So when you have such a big vision, you actually never feel lonely. <laughs> so you know, I get, um, I spend most of my days serving clients and helping clients, and then the rest of the time that I have um, free, I spend it with my partner. And um, then also I love doing activities such as going to the gym and being outdoors, and I love salsa dancing. So uh, for me as an entrepreneur, I fill no, my I'm... time with the activities that I truly love and enjoy. I really, really appreciate that you say that, that you set it up in a way where um, you don't allow yourself to get lonely or depressed because of the way you set up your business. And by helping out and reaching out to people, 
Um, it's really true. I think the mantra of uh, when you're feeling down or you're feeling depressed or you're feeling numb, um, as hard as it is, I know because I've I go into that spot pretty much every single day. But whenever I reach out, like I'm reaching out to you, I feel so much better. And I think anybody that's listening right now that feels alone, that even though they may be um, publicized now as a quote unquote depressed person, yep. forget about labels. Like you were saying earlier, if we forget about the labels that we put on ourselves, a great revelation happens. And that's what you taught me today was just this. If you forget about revel, uh, you know, these certain labels that everyone puts you in to just uh, allow yourself to detach yourself and divorce yourself from those things you can really allow yourself to open up and become. Yes, absolutely. I mean, basically, labels are, think you in, a, are in a way, they are essential of part of the evolution of human consciousness and evolution of the self. Because without any labels, a lot of people will feel absolutely lost. And But also, you can see the other side of the label, which is basically you allow yourself to see yourself without any labels. And I believe the balance of the two, it's extremely healthy for any individual to be able to see, like, for instance, you know, if you meet somebody, what do you do? I'm an expert in human behavior. Well, if I say I have no labels, I mean, that conversation is not going to go anywhere. So labels are an essential part of our day-to-day -day living. But as long as they do not... Uh, I would say, stop us from being our true authentic self and from being uh, somebody who actually consistently grows and goes out there and does good for humanity. Um, I think a certain kind of labels are supporting us on the way rather than sort of uh, just seeing it as a, something totally uh, negative for ourselves, which most people do. They see that... Um, labels are something bad and for me they can be bad if you restrict your inner being but for me labels are something which is transient something that changes with time because if i look back 27 years ago my label was homeless and for that period of time yes i was homeless and i needed to own that label and what we tend to do, we tend to disown those labels. And when we disown those labels, we start having this battle within ourselves. And then we try to seek things that we try to avoid. Usually it's a pleasure without actually thinking what's the pain behind that. So actually I teach true balance. And true balance is being able to see the world both from supportive and from challenging into perfect equilibrium. And when you see that within yourself, your inner body will thank you for so you believe that we can have balance in our life? Well, by default, we are uh, balanced beings. By default, our brain is in balance. What's not balanced is our perceptions. So, and when we have skewed perceptions, we believe things are out of balance. Like if I see somebody who's tremendously charged, let's say they have a charge on a specific person. You know, I've seen things like, for instance, what happened with in America with your elections. I had so many people who had negative charge against the, uh, Donald Trump. But when I started questioning them, suddenly they could see the other side of Donald Trump, the loving person, the person who's a father, the person who's a kind man, the person who wakes up in the morning and does normal things like everybody else does. We tend to have this uh, one-sided view about incidents and life events. But if human awareness was at such state that you can see with full awareness the good and the bad in every human being, that's where the true transformation will happen for our planet. Very, very, very remarkable. You are like you are blowing my mind this morning, um, and uh, I really appreciate your willingness to just go and talk about um, the worst, uh, the worst, of the days when you thought nothing was going to work out, and then uh, also to give myself and whoever else is li listening a sort of tool belt like Batman would wear yep. in order to combat these, yeah, to, to use and combat all these problems that we have in our life. And I'm not saying that, guys, this is going to solve 
your uh, day and your life just by listening to this, um, in some sort of way, we've got to take an action step. Um, what is uh, something that you would like to give to our listeners, just a simple step to finding out what maybe they're truly meant to be in life? Well, the first step for anybody who's listening is to actually sit down and write down what is their vision and mission and purpose in life. What are they really... What do they really love to do in their life? You know, each person is unique. But to get there, what I would recommend them is to really sit down and do a, almost like, I would say to you, facing the reality. Where are you in your current moment in life? Meaning sit down and write down all the eight key areas of life, your spiritual life, your mental, emotionally, financially, in your business, career, in your relationship, uh, in your love life. Uh, Write down all the different areas of life and write down where are you right now. Because most people, they try to do something for the future, but they're not really addressing where they are at the moment. You can't really plan something for the future if you don't know where you are right now. So I always say start from the moment where you are. So if you have somebody out there who feels like, okay, uh, I want to get a better career, write down everything where you are in this moment. What career are you doing right now? What is it about the career that you love? What is it about the career you don't love? What is the kind of career you actually would love to be instead? And what are the goods and the bads about moving into a new career? Because people tend to create illusions about what they want without being realistic about what they want. So I would suggest to literally become aware of the issues they have in this moment in in time, in all of the eight key areas of our life, and what are the three things in each area that they want to improve. Some some people may want to have, let's say I want to have 20% salary increase by next year. So other people may want to say, okay, I want to have a cool, loving relationship. I want to be with somebody I love and somebody I appreciate. Other people may be, I want to buy an apartment or a car, or it does not matter what it is. So sit down and write those things down because most people have things in their head, but they never sit down and spend the time and write down what is it they want from their life. And the second part is actually fast forward yourself, let's say 50 years down the line, and write a letter to yourself 50, from 50 years into the future and see what kind of life you would have created and what kind of life you would love to create. And be very free and open and uh, be a dreamer because most people are afraid to dream what they want because they analyze their existing life where they are and they feel like if, for instance, somebody is financially poor, they would actually think that they would be poor all their lives, which is not necessarily true. Uh, for me, when I started understanding the wealth building principles, I said to myself, this needs to be taught to every school child in the world. And, you know, it's the way we program ourselves and without even thinking that those beliefs, those values we hold very dear are the very root at our, of our troubles. So I would suggest to them, just go through those eight key areas of life and write those things down, write the problems you're experiencing and what are the solutions, the possible solutions you want to have in those three, eight areas of life. I really love that because for me, I know that, um, and, and you might agree with this, but when you don't, it's not that I'm trying to f- find a passion. I'm not trying to like tell people, oh, you need to find your passion and then all your s- problems will be solved. But uh, a big thing, you can have all the money in the world too and it have all the passion in the world. But if you don't have what comes down to purpose, which I feel like it, it really is being able to relate with someone because of your past and your pedagogies and to embrace all the good and the bad and to be okay with that and then to ask yourself how you can use that for for overall wealth of yourself and the people around you i believe fullheartedly that is that is the way to feeling so much better about yourself and the first step is to sometimes write it down even though as hard as that sounds or if you don't like writing uh would you recommend even maybe just recording into your phone tony for those people that aren't into writing that hate writing because they feel um, like they're just yes they can do recording but there's something magical happens when you sit down and dedicate your time to write um 
because basically what you engage in there, you're not just engaging your voice, you engage in your vision, you engage in your senses. So it's not the same when you sit down in front of a Word document and you see, and you see the words you've written. If you have to replay the words which are on your dictaphone, for instance, um, your brain is not going to take it as easily as it will take it when you see something visually. So I think if you do, if you write it properly, I think you will have so much more benefit. Yes, for some people may not love writing, but if if the life you want to have depends on one action, it would be naturally for you to want to do the actions you don't want to do. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. We tend to stop um, ourselves. I kind of want to go into the... What's that? I'm sorry. We tend to stop ourselves to do the actions we don't want to do. But the reality, if your desire, if your dream is so big that, you know, uh, and it matters to you, I believe that anybody who is in that space, that they have a dream and it matters to them, they will do anything to get there. At least, you know, when I look at myself 27 years ago, I was a boy living homeless. I couldn't speak English. I had no friends. I had no roof over my head. I had no money. I had no education. I was literally hopeless, desperate, alone, crying on the streets of London. So if I look back at that boy and I look back at myself today, there's been so many actions and there's been so many jobs that I had to do that I did not like. But the question is not about whether you like it or not. The question is, how much do you want the dream? How much do you want to change your life? How much do you want to create things that you want to create? How much do you want to give yourself permission to access the wisdom which lives within you that is there to be expressed, that is there to be of service to another human being? And when you do that to another human being, when you genuinely care, changing the life of another human being, I will guarantee you, your inner being will thank you for, and your heart will awaken. Your heart will be full of love, full of light, and people around you oh that's so beautiful my friend (laughs) that is so beautiful i love everything that you just said just now i really really do uh and it's yeah it's it's not easy i'm not gonna lie to you and this show is all about honesty and uh you've just been honest through and through with everything you've been saying and i i can hear it in the vibrations of your voice and 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 there's there's this true um and I'm not trying to be like hippy dippy right now because I'm usually not, but there's this, there's this true like inner light that's being shined um, that I believe is something that you don't have to question and think too hard when it's happening. It's just happening. And I think that's a good indicator for anybody that um, uh, does feel like it's hard at first, like be okay with that sort of thing. Uh, feeling of like, yeah, this is not something I want to do at first, but then also realizing that the very first start of it's always going to be the hardest and to just, it's a momentum game now. Um, once you, once you get yourself in motion, uh, it's all downhill in a good way from there. And, um, I just want to go into a little bit of, um, what I think a lot of people relate with is just being honest about our fears and our loves and uh, this portion of the show is is all about just saying some sort of fear that you may be dealing with. Um, and uh, I, I currently, for example, I have a fear that I use is that I'm really scared that uh, one day I will never, ever find a person that I will be able to truly and fully love because I just don't know where to go right now. I feel asexual. Um, that's, uh, means I I don't know if I love men or if I love women. And, um, I just am scared that I'll never be able to give up my curtain habits to become the person I need to be to love someone that I really want to be with. Um, is there any fears right now that you have in your life? Well, in any moment in life, Logan, uh, fear is part of who you are. And there's nothing wrong with the fear. It's how we respond to fear that uh, makes a difference. So for me, if I look at myself, a lot of people say, you know, I've got it everything together. But then, you know, with a mission to inspire 1 billion people, you will also have a lot of people who will be uh, going against that. 
when you when you're in alignment with natural laws, meaning for every positive there's a negative, even for somebody who goes out there to make a great difference, there'll be other people who will try to put you down. So I'm actually extremely self-aware of that. And the way I handle that is basically balancing that if I'm going to have this big vision, I'll have to be prepared to have the fear to go with it and the pain to go with it. And when you bring the two together into balance, you actually activate your heart's wisdom. Now, it's sort of when it comes to any situation or when it comes to, you know, the fears in, inside of ourselves, one thing I would say, say to you, especially what you share, it's uh, there's nothing you cannot do. It's only the things you have not learned how to do. And if you apply that on whatever you're fearing, I think it will change the way you will live your life. And when it comes to about questioning about you know love you know there's no such thing as being asexual it's just a label that we give ourselves but there's such a thing that when you meet another human being that you connect with all of those labels disappear but when it comes to sexuality for instance i believe with all of my heart that uh um when you actually surrender to yourself and when you surrender to who you truly are you deep down you know who you are now, when you have some form of fears attached to that, that's where the questioning ha happens. I have a majority of my clients are straight people, but actually they love working with a gay man. And the reason they love working with me is because I can take them to places and question the things they would never question in their lives. But also because I've embodied both the masculine and the feminine within the self as two beautiful energies that every human being has. Now, there was a recent studies uh, that was done about the brain, the differences between the brains in men and women. Now, there's no evidence, scientific evidence, that the brain in men and women are different. But the entire society teaches boys and girls differently, thinking that our brain is different, thinking that our capabilities are different. And I think all those stigmas that are attached in every layer of our society creates those gender differences and creates all of those different pains that we see in the society and issues that end up uh, becoming so huge that we don't see a way out of it. Now, when you embody the, the truth of who you are, meaning you can activate all of the things that a woman has within the self, and you can activate all the things a man has within the self, you can actually have a beautiful dialogue and connection both with men and women. But the sexuality itself will draw you to what's, what's natural to you. Now, just because I have so many straight men around me, that does not mean I'm attracted to them or does not mean they're attracted to me. Because we might be attracted to a brain. We might be attracted to wisdom. We might be attracted to a peel. We might be attracted to a smell or a community. It does not matter what we're attracted to. But when it comes to choosing with whom you actually make love to, it's innate within you how you feel about another human being. And for me, it's... Um, each person is unique and each person's uh, desire to express itself, it's unique. So I wouldn't beat myself up around that. I, I did that for 40 years to realize that I am who I am. <laughs> I can't even go back and say, no, Tony, go out there and tell me a fear of yours because I just realized that the way you think about things, the way you attack life, um, it to use the word fear is almost just uh it's not that it's a uh a, a, something that you're incapable of doing but you allow yourself to just have a different perspective with it and i really appreciate that so much and this is usually a big part of the show where i do the fears and loves and i'm allowing myself to just right now uh change and adapt to the environment that you set forward and allow myself to which is really hard um, right now to go, God, my show isn't going the way I want it to go, but um, to just allow that. What you just said to me just now made me a better person um, because of that idealism that you just brought up. And it's not an idealism that I'll forever attach myself to, but something that I'm attaching to myself right now, and that is to um, allow yourself to be 
the the bad and be the good at the same time and um I, I I really do have a question I have to ask you. Uh, is there anything right now that you would say to that person though that feels like everything they do right now is is wrong and they feel like they keep making the wrong mistake and they keep making uh, strides but they're only so small that no one sees it. Um, what would you tell that person? Well, first of all, <laughs> it's uh, if I'm if I was to work with a person who feel like this wrong, I will bring them to the awareness where they are right, because usually we tend to uh, almost like run this thought like a very fast train, and once one negative thought starts happening in our brain and we give it energy, we end up on this roller coaster on this very fast train of negative thinking that can take us into what I call in hashtag loneliness, the caves of wretched solitude uh, with no return ticket. And what I would suggest to that person that no matter what you're thinking, if you're thinking that you're not right or you're not on the right path or anything like that, uh, try to see whether you can see the positives of that. Because unless you have a full awareness of any situation, you won't be able to change and move to the next situation, which is more favorable to you. So if you are having all of those negative thoughts, sit down and write them down. Write them down and then next to it, put a, another column and say, okay, what is the benefit of me being in this situation? What is the benefit of me thinking negatively? Because we tend to beat ourselves up, but we are designed to think negative and positive. You know, our brain is not designed to be positive. And, you know, I do not support any uh, teacher or educator out there who thinks like just having positive thinking, our life problems will disappear. You know, having a balanced thinking, our life problems will be resolved. But having one-sided thinking, I don't think so. It never happened in the history. It will never happen in the future I love of that humanity. you bring that up, that... Actually, one of my questions was going to be, but I threw it away, is um, is there any self-development sort of things that you've uh, discovered that you tried that just didn't work? So I kind of want to ask that question just because I'm that... Like, <laughs> what, what is one that, uh, that yeah. you found in your own experience just did not work? You know... Um... First of all, I don't like to badmouth anybody because I believe every book, every uh, everything that you learn in your life both serves you and also challenges you. So for me, what I would say is basically go out there and learn as much as you can, but learn with a balanced mind. Because having read thousands of the books in personal, spiritual and business development, one thing I see consistently with a lot of people, not all of them, but a lot of people, it's how polarized the thinking is, where uh, people are trying to sell you happiness, for instance, or they try to sell you an emotion. And for me, emotional selling or emotional, uh, I would say, looking at the world is what <sighs> stops people living that in their so greatness. True. I, I I feel like a freaking broken record today with you being like, yeah, that is so true. But um, you were really hitting um, certain parts of me that I haven't touched on in a long time. And I really just want to reach out and say thank you again, Tony. Um, this has been an incredible talk. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. I know I'd love to, but I know that, um, unfortunately, guys, <laughs> he's also got to talk to the rest of the world and make them um, even better than they were before. And, it, I mean, you can tell that even when that question I just asked him, oh, what's a self-help development thing that you've tried that hasn't worked? He actually embraces people's beliefs and other well-beings that they have something that works for them but maybe it just doesn't work for you and anybody who try something else and maybe even check out hashtag loneliness his book and find more tools and read his story it's incredible i can't say that enough and uh, if you guys are like okay i hate reading then check it out on audible he's got it on audible too I just can't say enough about the book. I can't say enough about how incredible I feel now. 
where this show lines up is just making you guys feel less alone. And his book is called Hashtag Loneliness. Do you guys, hint, hint, uh, check it out. If you're feeling lonely, please. And I'm not trying to be like glib or, you know, trying to be smart or quirky right now. I'm just being honest that if you're feeling lonely, check out Hashtag Loneliness. It might help you. And it, I think, I believe 100% full-heartedly that you will understand that if you're in a space like Robin Williams or in a space like someone that you look up to that's famous, that has this quote-unquote success, money, everything that's happening in their life is amazing and uh, there's no way that they can be sad, well, check it out. Um, He points out in the book that it's not about the success. It's not about how quote-unquote happy you are. It's about the mindset that you approach everything with. And uh, if we're not with a healthy mindset, a healthy soul, um, we're just hurting ourselves and we don't even know it. Is there anything else that you'd really like to share? And I'd love to even plug you in. I'll put put any any contact information you want in show notes or whatnot. Anything else that you'd like to say? Well, one thing I would love to say uh, to all of the uh, readers out there, it's one of my favorite quotes that I share with people. Judgments are a byproduct of the mind being trapped in space and time. So for people who want to read more about it, they can check out uh, TonySelimi.com, T-O-N-Y-S-E-L-I-M-I.com. They can subscribe to all of my social media channels. I share freely quite a lot of content out there to inspire people, to bring people into the awareness of who they are. Because in a in an ocean of so much noise, it becomes very difficult to really find uh, your own self and also find the right tools to help you. In my first book, which became a bestseller for almost three months on Amazon, A Path to Wisdom, How to Live a Healthy, Balanced and Peaceful Life, the tool which I share is the TJS method, which it has 25 consci- conscious engineering steps that people follow and apply them in the eight key areas of life, the things they can do is they will transcend the culture scape. They will question every single B rule they actually have in their head and all the mechanisms that they learn to actually cover up pain. And so they have to practice and rewire their models of reality and actually be able to bend reality and create what they want in their life and create the vision they want to have and really create love, wisdom, and wealth and health in their life because when you have all of those together in perfect equilibrium, you can go out there in the world and make a global difference and it feels good to help humanity oh my god you're blowing my mind again oh if if none of you uh are out there right now and your minds aren't kind of a little blown like mine uh, i don't i don't know then uh you must know everything because <laughs> seriously, I have been uh, in awe in my mouth, my jaws to the ground right now. And I don't have this happen to me like really that often because I listen to uh, great stuff and I read great stuff all the time. I, I need to ask you then right now, really quick, um, if you could also uh just give us one lasting mantra that you wish more people lived by um just to allow themselves to and you've already given a lot but any one last mantra that you would love people to try out um just a, a lasting leaving thought and a final farewell the unlovable things that you hold for you inside of you it's what stops you living into your true greatness in your wholeness and being abundant in your life so allow your light to heal the darkness wow that was amazing thank you god thank you for everyone that's supporting the show just by listening today thank you so much guys um thank you for being on scratch your own itch today tony um, like I said, I will plug all the contact information that you've been given today. And um, guys, this stuff isn't going to cost more than just a couple of clicks. He has so much on YouTube. He has a great book, Hashtag Loneliness, which I'll be 
um, definitely including how to purchase that in the show notes. And um, just get a glimpse of his story, too, is a lot of it's on YouTube. Thank you, Tony, again, for being on Scratch Your Own Itch. I hope we stay connected, and I wish you the best. Likewise, I wish you the best and all the listeners out there to really live in their true greatness. So guys, there's another episode of Scratch Your Own Itch with Tony Salimi and myself. That guy's a powerhouse. He is the man. But I want to say thank you guys so much for taking the time to support the show just by listening. And if you could leave a review, that would be extra whipped cream on top. And please do a shout out and I'll I'll put your review out on the show and I'll have a real communication with you rather than just being this podcast guy who makes these podcast episodes in the you know middle of his apartment room honestly (laughs) i'd rather be connected with you guys because this means the world to me and it's really helping me with my depression i hope it's helping you with any battles that are going on inside your own head because it's so much easier to go towards that route so without further ado guys you matter and you're enough (laughs) 